They're at a rolling rink. Rolling rink. Who says that? Oh, you young fellows with your Zima and your rolling rinks. It. They're at a. Uh, <laughs> sk- they're at a skating alley. A skating alley. A skating rink. Oh my god. A skating alley. I've lost my mind. Why am I not <laughs> completely sober, folks? Oh. Completely. Let sober. me breathe. Travel back in time to the '80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the '80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Moving forward, using all my breath. Making love to you was never second best. I saw the world crashing all around your face. Never really know when it was so Mesh and lace. I'll stop the world and melt with you. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A., but not the Valley. And today we give you our honest and unexpectedly positive review of the new musical version of Valley Girl. Oh, God, get me. How could you? Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And a whole bunch of other new ones, too, that I just added the other day. But Oh, yeah? Podfinder. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh, really? I just made that up. <laughs> like, Mom, you just have no idea what I'm going through, ever. Maybe he's Actually, right. Maybe I shouldn't go. I mean, it's not like I speak the language. I don't know anyone else who's going. Why am I even going? Listen, when I was in high school... No, Mom, this isn't the sweetie pies, okay? Things are, like, a lot more stressful now. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Why don't you sit down? I'll tell you a story. Somebody go to bed. I'm tired. Oh, well, you're probably just going to stare at your phone all night. So then why can't you just text me? <laughs> sit your butt down. Hey, 80s Nation. How you doing out there? Uh, everyone feeling okay? Spending a lot of time on the couch, are we? Well, Brad and I have been watching a lot of TV lately, and one new movie that just caught our attention on Amazon Prime, the new musical remake of Valley Girl. Yeah, here's the backstory in case the whole remake thing sounds familiar to you, 80s Nation. MGM announced a musical remake way back in 2012. Do you remember 2012? I can barely see in the rearview mirror. But production has been stalled for so long as... Directing changes were made. Casting changes were made. Most of the movie was actually shot in 2017, but the release of the film was delayed because one of the stars, Logan Paul, who plays the villain, had some controversies surrounding him, which we'll get into later. Not too much, but we will get into it. Yeah, yeah. It seems that they picked the right actor to play the bad guy. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) not acting, as it turns out. Yeah. In any case, the movie was supposed to be released in theaters early last month. But you may recall this thing called the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Well, I'll put an end to that. So Valley Girl was released through Video On Demand, which brings us to today's show. Katie and I watched it this week. We uh, watched – so the original, 1983, is that right? Version yeah. is also newly on digital media or is available. You know, Basically, you can buy it, rent it online. So we rented that on, I think, Sunday night. And then Monday night, we watched the new – the 2020 musical version. 
and they are they they occupy different places i think well it, it's it's the same exact plot for the most part there's a there's a few minor changes and we'll talk about that in a minute it's romeo and juliet of course the, it's the same plot you chucklehead well i mean there's a million movies that are romeo and juliet it's like you know we don't exactly but it, i'm not 19- saying that is a bad thing i'm just saying like of course it's the same plot the 1983 movie was kind of a was it a sleeper? Was it a surprise hit? I I kind don't of a know. Cult. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really well known for its soundtrack, which wasn't really released until another twenty years after. It right. Was obviously the first time a lot of us saw Debbie Foreman, and the first time a lot of us saw Nick Cage. Right. First, Directed by a female, which was a big thing. Still is a big thing, unfortunately. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. It was made for, like, what, $30,000 or something ridiculous like that. They shot, right. you know, you listen to Martha Coolidge talk about it, and they shot a bunch of stuff without permits just so they could get it done. And, yeah. You know, kind of guerrilla filmmaking of the Sure. Time. Not unusual. But it, it also came on the cusp of that song by Frank Zappa, Valley Girl, and the studios were, were so desperate to cash in on that unexpected hit that they put this movie out there and i don't think anybody thought that the spaghetti would stick to the wall but it has did you see that in theaters what the first movie no yeah okay i was gonna say if you say if you say yes you saw it theaters you're a lying liar no no way no but i remember and we've talked about this before on the podcast if you go i really recommend you do not go back in time and listen to the original valley girl podcast that we did because i think it was one of the first 20 shows welcome to stuck in the 80s this is gina vivanetto columnist for tbt hi i'm steve spears with sbtimes.com and we have a very very special guest today for our valley girl episode this is the president of the stuck in the 80s fan club lee idarola hi everyone hi Hi, I'm a president and, and also a client. <laughs> how, how many members are we up to now? Um, I'm just uh, just it's, me so far. It's just so, getting started. The story goes that in whenever it came to HBO, it probably was 1984 at that point. Mm-hmm. And I had a big date that night. And I couldn't decide, you know, do I go on the date or do I, go, or do I stay home and watch Valley Girl? You know, which I had been looking forward to seeing. And, you know, thankfully, I think the week before that or so, my parents had brought home the first VCR, and so they were able to tape it for me. Look at what I got. Look at this new technology. Look how sleek it is. There's a whole VCR in here. Look how small that is. It's burning hot to the touch, but I think that's normal. We could make our own workout video. Honey, we can make all kinds of videos. Oh, stop, guys. Oh. And I I had that original tape. A Valley Girl for like forever until the very last of my VCRs collapsed. So that's funny. So like a lot of us probably saw it for the first time on HBO or we saw it on home video. Absolutely, and it was on quite a bit. I mean, sure. I think that's part of why it became popular was because it kind of entered into that that lexicon with stuff like Flash Gordon and things like that right. that were on all the time. Yeah. So so fast forward, you know, twenty years, and you're right. Around 2012, when the podcast was you know, halfway through its lifespan. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we shall see. Of, it might mean we die tomorrow. We'll see. But I remember seeing the rumors that they were going to do a, a musical version of Valley Girl. And at that time, I was already friends with Debbie Foreman. And I knew she was involved with the project, but she wouldn't tell me much. And yeah. 
it, it, it got made, but then it's been sitting on a shelf forever. So finally this week, the same as you, I sat home and watched the new version. And I, I got to admit, I went into it thinking I'm not going to like this. I'm, I'm going to try to be as positive as possible, but I just don't see a world where I like this movie. And I have to say, I was girding myself for battle. I'm like, this is going to be an epic throwdown of an episode because Steve and I have been emailing earlier, like in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, we need to have a little bit more, not, well, maybe a little more conflict would be good. Like, we, it's okay for us to disagree sometimes on the show. And I'm like, and here it comes. We are going to disagree about this hard. But no. <laughs> no. Steve Spears, <laughs> you old softy. I, I, I'll admit I cried a couple times, you know, not all that unusual or out of nature for me. <laughs> but yet, you weren't throwing things at the television or, or sending were, me messages like, I can't believe you're making me watch this drack. You must have been tired of all the text messages I was sending you those those nights, you know, as, as I come across different plot points and different cameos and uh, suddenly I'm sure Brad's phone lights up and he's like, oh God, Spears again. I had to mute him for a while. Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. The truth is I was trying to save this conversation for the show. So I was trying to not, you know, I don't want to completely shut out Spearsy because I know we have conversations and stuff. But at the same time, I wanted to like keep it a little bit, keep a few surprises for our conversation today. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Here's, let's talk about the movie itself a little bit. The point of this podcast is we want you to give this movie a chance. So we're going to try to talk you into to watching it. We're, but we'll, we'll give you a few, I don't know, cliff notes, I guess is the best yeah. way to describe it. I mean, it, right? here, here, let me just, I'll make, my, I'll make my opening and closing argument now, and then we'll get into why. How much gas are you actually buying right now? Because I haven't put gas in my car in almost three months. So the $7 to rent this for 48 hours, take it, please. <laughs> Something new to watch? Sign me up. That's kind of how I thought about it, too. And I, and I also thought, how can you not watch a remake of a movie that was so important to you when you were 15 years old, 16 years old? You have to watch this. Even if it's to hate it, you have to watch this. So I right. sat down and I watched You it. need to be able to stake out an informed opinion. Yes, and I feel like we can. And I think we can too. Yeah. So let's, let's get into some of the, the differences here. The movie, like we said, follows the, kind of the original plot line of the 83 movie. It's except for that it's told in flashback style. Now think Princess Bride. That's a very apt comparison because that actually I had that in my notes. I'm like, it's exactly like that. At one point, uh, Alicia Silverstone, who plays the mom, older Julie, says, "Well, you know, I'll tell you about it later." And you know, oh no, you could tell me a little bit more. You know, it, yes. it's it's it, it is a, it is a nice little winking nod to Princess Bride. But like Brad yeah. says, it's told in flashback style. Alicia Silverstone, probably the biggest name in the cast, is yeah. the modern-day Julie, which I buy. Sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, she looks like a mom. She, you know, she looks like a mom with a teenage daughter. It's yeah. totally plausible. Now, and I think the dynamic between those two characters is really well done. It doesn't, it's sweet. doesn't take up a lot of space, but it rings true to me. It's not any more than it needs to be. It's like a, it's like a biscuit exactly. for your tea. Yep. Now, here's the problem. Randy, of course, the punk rocker love interest for Julie in back in the 80s, is not a punk rocker. Yes, he's supposed to be, but what does he look like, Brad? He looks like a skate rat, <laughs> yeah. I think. 
He just he doesn't look he doesn't look the stereotypical part now. I can hear you out there saying, Brad, punk rock is an ethos. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, put a little gel in your hair, dude. There is an element missing there. I will say there is one way in which Randy does come across as a true punk rocker. He can't sing his way out of a wet paper bag at times. <laughs> anyway, if we're gonna make a quibble, that might be the biggest one to be made. And you kind of after you get over it. You know, after five yeah, minutes, you get over it. There's a little bit of what I call the Rizzo effect in play, too. And some of these kids are like, they're not in high school. There's no way they're still in high school. But, uh, you know, in for nickel, in for a dime. Right. Randy's best friend in the original movie was Fred, played by the great Cameron Oh, Dye. Fred. Uh, in this movie, it's a female named Jack, who's also in his band. So Randy's not only a punk rocker, he's a actual punk rocker in this movie. And that's a slight difference from the original movie where randy was nothing in particular (laughs) he just well i mean that's we'll get to that in a minute but anyway uh, the 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 villain isn't tommy or the you know the ex-boyfriend boyfriend on again off again isn't tommy now it's mickey which you know they do use briefly for uh musical effects yeah Uh, it's played by he's he's played by logan paul who is or was or i don't know he's some kind of youtube guy used to be vine i think who landed in some hot water for comments and videos and stupidity that he has uh, participated in over the last few years you know we could get more into this but you all if you downloaded the podcast you have the internet you can look him up yourself he's kind of a weird looking dude honestly his head shape is a little strange that's what i noticed about him that and the fact that his hairline was receding which you don't usually see in 18 year olds but i guess isn't completely off the off the table yeah Something that's unique about Julie in this version of it, she has a, a a dream to be a fashion designer. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned this earlier that you know Randy in the first one basically his aspiration is to spend time with Julie and Julie vice versa. But in this telling, they have a little bit more character. They, there's a little depth to the portrayals, if you will. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a nod to Clueless, where mm, okay. You know, where the the fashion sort of thing is, is more of a thing. Um, yeah. Julie's parents in the original movie were hippies uh, who owned a health food store and were very supportive of Julie's independence and her relationship with Randy. In this movie, Brad, it's the opposite. Although they do seem to be very interested in making home movies, Steve. <laughs> well, well, no comment. <laughs> but uh, interestingly enough, the mom is played by Judy Greer who's probably the second biggest name in the cast. I recognize her. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is, who is that? She's, she's the best friend or the wife of just about every movie that there ever was. So I think I probably remember her best from 13 going on 30. But uh, the other big difference, Steve, it's a musical. So not just music that you know playing. It's characters bursting into song here and there. And and yeah. there are some nods to there are some definitely some nods to other big screen musicals. There's one scene in particular that is very <laughs> evocative of Greece. Yes. And Katie, my you know, my long suffering wife pointed out that it does have a Mamma Mia feel in some places. I hadn't thought about that till just now. I know what scene you're talking about with Greece. They they're at a rolling rink. Rolling rink. Who says that? Oh, you young fellows with your Zima and your rolling rinks. It they're at a uh, <laughs> they're at a skating alley. A skating alley? A skating rink. Oh, my God. A skating alley. I've lost my mind. Why am I not? Completely sober, folks. Completely sober. Let me breathe. 
But oh they break out. So they're at a skating rink, as as the youngsters say, and they break out into the safety dance, and it becomes like this line dance, which, as far as I remember, that was never a thing. No. So but, I mean, you know. I it guess is, I didn't go skating in the valley. It was straight out. It was straight out of Greece. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, it just. Yeah. I, I was almost. I was almost a little embarrassed for that scene. But yeah. uh, you know, a, it, they they needed a way to set up the tension that came out of the scene, and they did. So yeah, they did. You know, it worked. It worked. It, it, it moved the plot in as much right. as we all needed the plot to move. Because as Steve says, we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. There's more to say about the music, but uh, we'll take a break first. Hey, let's take a quick time out to talk about our sponsor, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. No, don't fast forward. None of us like to talk about our weight and the need to get healthy, but at our age, it's a critical conversation. When most people try to lose weight, they think exercise. Well, I think about rice cakes, which I cannot stand, but that's another story. It turns out losing weight is really all about nutrition. With Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your very first week. For example, I learned chili dogs for breakfast are not the right solution after all. Huh. Who knew? (laughs) So gain the tools to know what to eat and how to eat. You put it in your mouth, you chew it, and you swallow it. That's how you eat. So you can keep the weight off for the long term. Visit the website and make the commitment to your future health. Visit awaken180weightloss.com. And we're back, and I'm shocked about the news about chili dogs. I I know, right? (laughs) To be fair, I was eating a chili dog every night at the end of the evening on the 80s cruise, and you see where that got us. Yeah. That wasn't the the waves that was making the boat rock that, that week. It was Brad. Oh, I remember those. I had those one night, and after that, I was like, never again. So good. And I think I actually used that same voice. So <laughs> glorious. So, But enough about chili dogs. <laughs> last we spoke, we were talking about the movie Valley Girl, the musical. And like we said, it, it follows the original movie. What's kind of interesting is in the original movie, music was such an important part of it. There must have been... 30 songs in the soundtrack to that movie maybe yeah there are a lot maybe 10 of which you maybe have heard ahead of time and at least for me out here in florida we didn't have k-rock to listen to so so a lot of these songs were new to me so poor little knuckleheads (laughs) we had 38 special though amen Anyway, we know it's a musical. We know they're going to break into songs. The question I had going into it is, okay, are they going to sing the songs that were in the original movie? Are they going to sing songs that were written for this musical? And the answer is no and no. (laughs) Yeah. Many of the professional reviews call this a jukebox musical, and I understand why now having seen it. They, They pick stuff. It's all stuff you know. Right. I mean, there's no no two ways about that. But it, they they managed to do a really good job, I thought, of fitting the song into the moment. Right. And that, to me, is Mamma Mia. That's what Mamma Mia did yes. so well. So yes. they, they learned that lesson. Are there a few songs from the original movie that are in this? Sure. Um, I Melt With You by Modern English gets its own take. A Million Miles Away by the Plimsolls. Gets Does a, show up, yeah. It shows up briefly. I'm trying to think. I, those right where you been. wanted to. Yeah. Think Glee, though. That's kind of the feeling you get because there's a lot of acapella versions going on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of mashups. Yeah, you're right. 
I did like the uh, just can't get enough material girl. I can't go for that yes. tainted love mashup. That was nice. Some of the other songs, uh, Joan Jett's Bad Reputation, Magic by the Cars. In fact, I think there was a couple of car songs. I, I, I kind of yeah, smiled were. Yeah, thinking about that. More Than This by Roxy Music. I mean, who the heck thought to – I mean, like, they're going deep yeah. to pick that one. The licensing budget for this was probably more than the – you know, they paid the cast. Yeah. Did you uh, did you have a favorite song from the uh, from the movie? Towards the end of the movie, the characters sing Under Pressure. And it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It gave me chills. It was a really cool moment in the movie, the way they use that song. Again, we all know that song. We know the lyrics. But somehow, and, and I think in a lot of cases this is true in this movie, somehow hearing them sing it kind of forces you to listen to the lyrics a little more closely. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why? 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 really like the way they use this song in this particular moment in the film and it sure. it just works it just works and it's such i mean it's such a good song to start with but the way they use it it amplified it somehow and in no way made it cheap for me it was heaven by the psychedelic furs This is one of the moments in the movie where I kind of felt like whoever's in charge of this knows what they're doing. They've picked a song that is recognizable to 80s fans, but not overplayed. Yeah. The, the Psychedelic First Word in the original s- soundtrack, but there, it was their best hit. Heaven is more, you know, I wouldn't say it's a B-side. It's one of their greatest hits, but it's not the one that pops to mind right but it, away. Yeah, but it's not the one that's on... You know, this year's 100 best songs of the 80s countdown on yes. Labor Day weekend. Right. It's not in that. But it's it's an underrated song. The take is genuine, and it just works. I got to admit, when, right before we were podcasting, I was I was flipping through the soundtrack on Spotify, and I played that, and it just – all the feels came right back to me. It was it was kind of a Oh, Spearsy. Come hey, here for the cuddle. Let's take a minute to talk about the actors. We talked about Judy Greer as Julie's mom, Alicia Silverstone, as an older Julie. Randall Park, the the Korean comedian who 
has made quite a career for himself lately. He's in there practically unnoticed as the high school principal. Oh, my gosh. But he has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Hey, everybody, remember, no more spiking the punch, okay? Last year I got a DUI. You also caught the cameo appearance by L.A.'s mayor. Well, I was reading the credits, and I'm like, Eric Garcetti? Is that the Eric Garcetti? And I had to rewind the movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's him. I've been seeing him on TV every day. Yeah. And yes, three actresses who were in the original film make cameos in the new musical, including Heidi Holliker, E.J. Daly, and Debbie Foreman. I'm really happy that they took the time to, to make sure that they were involved. Yeah. yeah, on both sides. A, that they were willing to extend the invite, and B, that they were willing to participate. I have to say, I thought Debbie Foreman's cameo was it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, would, would you have liked for her to have a bigger part? Sure. But it's good. It's yeah. good. The one thing that I... If I I was waiting for it at the very end when they're there. I mean, I'm not ruining the end of the movie because, I mean, like the original <gasps> movie, the you? movie ends with the driveway. Spoilers! They drive, they drive away in the limousine. <laughs> but I would love to have had Nicolas Cage be the limo driver and say, you know, Valley Sheraton, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been great. Or or Fred. Or Fred. That I would have, have taken, I would have taken Cameron Dye there. That would have been, that was the cameo I kind of was looking for. I mean, there's no way that... No, that, um, Cage is not going to do it, but Nicholas Cage isn't going to do it. There's no way. Yeah. Let's talk about final verdicts here. Okay, so look, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, as everyone does, the scores read like this. Critics, 57%. Audience, 93%. Yeah. So I, I'm in the audience side. I think that, is this a is this a great movie? Is it a movie that you should study and watch? No, it's a movie you should sit your down on the couch and enjoy because you're going to you're going to like it yeah it has heart and more importantly the heart is in the right place i love the way the songs are moved, worked into the movie i loved that they picked songs that we know but songs that weren't huge hits it is not a replacement for the 1983 movie but it is a sweet tip of the cap and sometimes that's all we really need you know what we really need right now besides a kleenex <laughs> the, the seggies What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. We'll play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into a contest for a postal-friendly bottle opener. Oh, I just... Yeah, I I'm, just, I'm all caught up on sending them, too. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Hey, if you get one, send us a photo of you in action with said bottle opener. We'll, we'll put it on social media. Or... Put it on social media and tag us. That's fun, too. You betcha. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the mystery clip from two episodes ago. That's my book. Your book? Yeah. What do you mean, your book? I got this from the Repel Depot in San Lo. I wrote it, babyface. That's the Big Red One, a.k.a. the most forgotten World War II movie of the 80s. I don't know why that is. It's a really well done movie. That's fantastic. Uh, how did I pick that? Well, because it was released the same month that uh, Empire was out, and Mark Hamill's in it. Yep, that's it's crazy. So, and uh, Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If only Booger had been in there too, that would have really been bizarre. I don't have to pay for it. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, we did have some winners. Uh, Brad, go ahead and read some. Strangely, all dudes. <laughs> Winners this week include Tom Corn in Austria, Curtis Balosh Lanklos. Lanklos? How do you say his last name? I'm butchering it. Sorry, Curtis. Darren in Yukaipa, Dr. Dim, and 
Anfield Albert, who's just waiting for the return of the Premier League, waiting patiently. It's happened by now, hasn't it? No? No, it's a couple weeks. Okay. Remember to to, uh, text me that morning and and remind me. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get right on that. Uh, Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Look, to be truthful with you, I can't sleep in a room with 20 strangers. Oh, dear. And, I mean, look at this place. The Army couldn't afford drapes. I mean, I'll be up at the crack of dawn here. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITDs.com and tune in in a couple of weeks to find out if you're a winner. Alas, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Again, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing. The It's not really a drawing. It's a spinning of a wheel. I, I guess we could be more yes. specific. A contest. Any, a contest of, of chance, not skill. Feats of strength. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from uh, two weeks ago. That stomp by the Brothers Johnson. Why'd you pick this song? Oh, because I love this song, and it was in the top 10 uh, that week in May when we recorded that show in 1980. It's sometimes that simple to figure out what movies. Sometimes the answer is in the question. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Do we have some winners? A few people got this. I think people are uh, either slow to write in or just don't like my song choices, so you get to pick them this week. But once again, all dudes. Interesting. This week's winners include Peter Ryan, Rock the Good Egg, Kevin Serving Wench, and Lou, Sweet Lou Grilly. Oh, so two episodes ago, this would have been the sci-fi episode. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And then the war movie is like doubling down. Yeah, you, yeah. I've, I've driven you away all eight of our female <laughs> listeners, haven't you I? Did, you did it to yourself. I think it took, I think it took my fiance like, 10 tries to get all the way through this sci-fi episode she had to, like, oh come on digest it's that bad. It. no it's fine it's just you know she doesn't like science fiction movies i don't think i, I, I mean she's allowed to that. skip episodes i do <laughs> <laughs> even the ones you're in anyway spin Mostly, the wheel. Yeah, find out i'm phoning this one in come on <laughs> spin the wheel i've seen the movie it. spin it spin it spin that damn wheel <laughs> All this Gatorade and no uh, mixer with it. It's just getting to me. Gatorade oh. should be sponsoring podcast for as much of it as I drink while we do this. Uh, anyway, it looks like it's going to land on Sweet Lou Greeley. Oh, my gosh. Send us your postal address, Lou. Old school. Yeah. He's been I with mean, us I don't know how he hasn't won before. He's Maybe he has. Maybe he probably has a bag of signed Funyuns. Yeah. I have some leftover... Drawstring bags. I can't. I can't say that. Postal friendly bottle opener. That's why we give those away because I can say it. <laughs> draw drawstring bags from the cruise. I have about I don't know twenty or thirty of them. I need to give those away as swag too. So yeah, if you want, so one, if you of want those, one of those, just email Steve, and, we'll and then I don't have to do nothing. 
Yeah, but I have to go to the post office. The worst post office in Florida, I'm telling you. It's just, ugh. Anyway, I'll do it for you guys. Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I don't know what's funny. I don't even know what the song is yet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you know it, email us at podcast at satds.com and tune in in probably two weeks. I think we've got this down to a science now. Ooh. Hey, that's all we have time for this week. We hope you enjoyed this review of the new Valley Girl movie. Look for it on demand at your house. I know we found that on Amazon Prime. In the meantime, at least download the soundtrack or listen to it on Spotify. I think you'll find, like Brad and I said, it is a nice homage to our favorite decade. In the meantime, Brad and I will be right here, stopping the world and hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.